clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I am the Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, can we talk about your kitty cat outfit that you're wearing right now? It is spectacular. I just want it to be very clear that that was very misleading. I have a dress with cats printed on it. You're saying kitty cat outfit, really? I think That's a very good point. I actually probably should have made that clear. Like, it's not Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my mobile command center. Welcome back to the University of Pleasure, folks. Yeah. In the mobile command center here, and when I say mobile command center, I just mean my cottage out in the middle of no place. So I'm really happy that the internet is working for this recording session today. It's really <laughs> top notch. I feel like you shouldn't like. I feel like you're putting something into the universe that's <laughs> gonna go alright. Wait, you think it's gonna like collapse on us? I I have the complete confidence. I just don't think bragging about your internet service is ever a good idea. I feel like the moment people start doing that, it just starts falling apart. Or at least that's what happens to me. Very good point. Very good point. And we all know that crazy things always happen to me, so I should probably just shut my mouth and be happy with everything. Anyway, Doc, good to see you. You've been teaching. You've been running around. You've been. Guitar lessons, by the way, we were just talking about before we jumped online here. Can we just talk about guitar lessons for a second? Can we do an episode and somehow incorporate you playing guitar? Maybe singing a little ditty? That would never happen. No. I would really love it. I think our fans would be up for it, Doc. I'm just saying. I don't think anybody... There are legitimately good guitar players, and I don't think anyone wants... I am not among them, and I do not think anyone wants to hear me play. I'm going to make it happen. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure a way in my Jeremiah James way to work it in. It's going to happen. I feel it. Hope all our fans out there are doing really, really well. Our millions and millions of fans... I know that things have been difficult. The doc knows things have been difficult, but we're getting these vaccinations rolling. People are uh, starting to come back into the world. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you just keep moving forward, hopefully today, this episode will bring you a little bit of pleasure. And it's one of our favorite segments. Would you agree, doc? This is my favorite segment. (laughs) I mean, I really like the one where I get to ask you, I really like, was Jeremiah listening? That's actually probably my second favorite segment, but for kind of sadistic reasons. So (laughs) this is my favorite segment that I should probably morally describe as my favorite segment. Well, I'm not going to lie. We got a lot of really great feedback from the last episode, Doc, where I was, uh, you know, kind of painting you into a corner and making you give thumbs up, thumbs down. (laughs) That's kind of my favorite because, you know, this is so rare. You have to understand that all of our listeners out there, like I've said before, it's not easy to pin the doc down on certain things. She lives in a gray world. That's the part of being a doc and it's awesome. But every once in a while, when you can just get her on like uneven ground, it like feels really good. 
I really enjoy it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so what Jeremiah is talking about is he likes to have power in the situation. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. Well, Doc, I'm going to let you introduce your favorite segment today. Oh, okay. Today is a could have been better sex story day. Boom. Where we have someone join us. I mean, and last time it was Jeremiah and he was already with us, so he didn't really join us, but he spoke. But this time we have someone joining us to share their could have been better sex story. And I'm so appreciative and excited. Well, I would love to introduce one of my dearest and closest friends. I consider him more family than friend. I love him more than anything. His name is Sam Zeller. And we have an interesting history, Doc. You might not even know about this. Very serendipitous. Internet met. Quick question. Well, did you get his permission to share his full name? Where, what kind of hack do you think I am? <laughs> you think I just did, did you? It was that's that's not answering it. Did you? No, but I mean, I just <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I figured. I, mean, I was going to say, as a psychologist, confidentiality tends to be really important. So I just make sure we should make sure in case we need to edit it out. Did you? Is yes, it okay, okay if I use your full name, Sam? Yes, it's fine. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Sam, very, but very if you much. feel any pressure at all later, we will happily remove your name. That's correct. That is correct. So Sam and I have a very interesting story that, well, I think it's very interesting, and I think it's very serendipitous, and we all know wild stories happen with your old pal Jeremiah James. We became friends, like, on Facebook through, like, mutual friends, like, oh, yeah, this is somebody you should know. And it's like, yeah, we should know each other, and, you know, whatever. Never met in person. And... We would chat every once in a while, like via Facebook, like, hey, you know, I know you know so-and-so, you know so-and-so. And then I was doing a production of Oklahoma in Sacramento Music Circus, and I was playing Curly, and I'm in my costume fitting, right? And they're handing me, like, my chaps through the thing, and these two little ladies are talking about stuff. And she literally goes, here you go, and I'm, like, trying the pants on. And then she says, by the way, have you ever done Oklahoma before to one of the other ladies? And... Uh, she goes, I did. I did a production in L.A. And I worked with just the most wonderful man I think I've ever worked with. And his name is Sam Zeller. Do you know Sam Zeller? And she was like, no, no. And of course, I'm like, I know that guy. Like, I know him. And so I literally pulled my phone out of my pants pockets because I was trying on chaps. And I literally was like, dude, I know we don't know each other that well. But I have to tell you, these two ladies are talking about you right now. In the most glowing terms, they're saying you're the most wonderful person in the world. And I'm a firm believer if people have wonderful things to say about somebody that they should know. And I just wanted to tell you that these people are just saying that you're so kind and you're such a joy to work with and you're just wonderful. And he sent me a message right back. He's, oh my God, that's so sweet. We still didn't meet each other for almost 10 years. And then finally, when we did meet, because I found out that he had moved to New York because he was an LA performer. Then we were like, I'm like, you're in town. Oh, my God. And it was one of those moments, Doc. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you. And Sam, you, you can tell me what you think. But like I, it, we, like, we met at this restaurant. We hugged each other like we were friends for 20 years. Like just people that you just were like, I've known this guy my whole life. And it was the most beautiful thing. And I'm just so grateful. And I'm grateful that you're here. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful. You've been uh, a, a light in my light, uh, life. Uh, just really, I've been so grateful to you and, and everything. And I don't know, I think the best segment 
I've ever heard on your show would be the future doctor playing the guitar. I, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> See, I don't like it when people are on the gang up on me. See, what, what's happening? <laughs> don't mean to gang up on you, doctor. You're, no, you're, you're fine, wonderful. Sam. I deserve it. I gang up. I get I get Greg to gang up on Jeremiah all the time. So. Greg, other guests, even my writing partner, she got to gang up on me. She had Autumn ganging up on me. That's, That's, not, fair. Fair. That's not fair at all. I was wounded. <laughs> Anyway, the point is, Sam has graciously agreed to come on to the University of Pleasure for our could-have-been-better sex stories. And he is going to tell us a story about his life, and the doc is going to break it on down. So, do you want to start with his story, doc? Yes, I do. All right. So, Take it away, Sam Zeller. Could have been better sex story. Wow. Okay. Well, all right. We'll see. This is how it goes. I had been in a relationship uh, with a guy for 15 years. And we, I didn't find out until like year 14 why we weren't having sex. And it turned out that he had a lot of issues and didn't want to, he didn't want to trouble me with the problem. But of course, for 14 years, I thought I was the one that was at fault and I was, it weighed very heavily on me and I kept thinking it was my fault. And so I had a lot of issues when it came to having sex or erectile dysfunction, that sort okay, of thing. Okay. I, and I don't mean to interrupt you here. So when you were saying that, that you were feeling that it was, it was on you, can you just explain a little bit of that, like a little bit of background as we're getting there? Would you agree, doc? Yeah, no, I think that would be helpful. Well, uh, my partner, um, we had been together for uh, 14 plus years. And right after the I love you, which was within the third month of our relationship, he withdrew from me sexually. And I never understood why that was, because I thought now that we love each other, it would be even more of a reason for us to enjoy each other's company. Now, I was not the kind of guy that went out and had sex with other people or anything like that. I just... I didn't have sex. So I didn't have sex for 15 years. Mm. And it was really um, difficult. And it uh, psychologically on me, I kept thinking, you know, nobody is going to want me because my boyfriend doesn't even want me. So I had put on a lot of weight, I had done all these kinds of things. And um, when I found out that basically, he had been raped by a stepfather, and the whole family knew, but they did it anyway, or they kept it going, because that was their ticket out of poverty. I said, why didn't you tell me? I mean, that could have helped me out a great deal, you know, and mm -hmm. not having to go through this whole thing of feeling rejected, you know, uh, uh, constantly. And um, so um, he wanted to open up the relationship. And I said, I just want to have sex with my boyfriend. What is so wrong with that? But obviously he couldn't do it. He could do it anonymously with, with strangers and things like that, but not anybody that he was emotionally connected to. So... Um, we decided, okay, fine. I was on the road doing a show and we came back into Los Angeles. I still haven't had sex with anybody. And um, my mother on her deathbed said, honey, I know you love him, but you're not happy. So you got to do something about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to let him go. So, okay, fine. Two o'clock in the morning, his phone rings. I'm winding down from the show. He's already in bed asleep and his phone is ringing right at the base of my mother's urn. So I'm thinking, okay, my mother's telling me something. So I look at the phone and there's a picture of a butthole as, as the screensaver. So I'm like, what is this? So I look at it and not only did was this guy 
see my boyfriend, but they were um, the rules of the the open relationship were that we didn't tell each other, and no one in the house and no one in our bed. And I thought, okay, that's fine because I didn't know what rules you were going to set up for this kind of thing. Which we always say at the University of Pleasure is extremely important. Laying out those rules, right, Doc? Did I mm-hmm. learn something here? Yep. Yep, you are. We'll talk more about that. (laughs) So I sat on that for two weeks. You know, I looked in and I saw not only did he um, give out the guy our address, but there were pictures of the two of them in our bed. So he broke his own rules, basically. So I sat on that for two weeks. I'm doing my show. I'm coming home at night, whatever. So on the day that I'm about to leave to go to San Francisco, which is the next city on tour, I say, Uh, You know, I'm just curious, what are the rules? Can you remind me the rules of our open relationship? And he said, well, we don't tell each other. And? Well, that's it. And I go, no one in the house and no one in our bed. I said, those were your words, exactly your words. He goes, oh, no, 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 that's only when you're home. I said, when I'm home, I'm never home, I'm on the road. So I said, no, 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 I'm sorry. Here I've been waiting this whole time. My partner uh, had HIV, and I thought if I left him, it would look like I left him because of that, and I mm-hmm. stayed with him because I loved him, but I thought there's no way. If he's violating his own rules or whatever, I had to free myself from this whole thing. So I looked on in the on my phone for a storage unit space, and there was one that was 400 feet away, and I thought, I've lived here for 15 years. Where is a storage unit place? It's literally across the street. So mm-hmm. I had gone to back and forth, and I moved all of my stuff into the storage unit, and I went to San Francisco for the next city on the tour. No sooner do I get there that I'm in the gym working out and this beautiful guy comes up to me and starts talking to me and he asks me, he's like, you're not from here, are you? No, no, I'm not. And he says, you want to fuck? And I, I looked at him and I laughed and he looked at me like I was crazy. And it's just, he walked away and I thought, oh, what an idiot I was. And this guy was hot. And little did I know that he was um, an adult uh, film entertainer. And somebody that I had I literally had jacked off to several times, but I didn't <laughs> I didn't really think about it, you know, when I saw him. But he was embarrassed and he left. And I thought, what an idiot I am. Well, later on that week, I went to a bar in, on the Castro and I saw him in there and I got up the nerve and I walked up to him and I said, look, I'm sorry. I went through this breakup and all this kind of stuff. I said, look, does the offer still stand? And he started making out with me and we went back to his place and we had a really good time. Now we've been friends and I guess you can call us fuck buddies ever since. So I was in Washington DC where he was there uh, working and we hooked up and there was this new thing that we had never heard of before called Trimix. And we were going to test it out because we thought, great, you know, even though we're young and and fun and hung and the whole thing we were going to, we wanted to see how long our dicks could be hard, you know? So he takes the shot and he puts it inside of him. And I don't know, it's something went wrong. And his, his, his penis got all full of uh, blood and he, it, we couldn't get it down. And we were putting it in an ice chest. And I mean, we we're doing all these kinds of things, trying to get it to, to settle down and it wouldn't. So we literally had to go to the hospital and they had to drain it. And, I mean, we had not seen each other in a while. This sounds like my absolute worst nightmare. Like I'm just, I'm I'm like starting to like become like shaking like a chihuahua over here. Continue. (laughs) I mean, and of course, I'm the kind of guy that I'm not going to be like, 
well, you're on your own, pal. Go have a good time. No, I went with him. I was concerned. And, and you know, he, we were there for quite a long time and they had to uh, literally drain it. And I guess from what I hear, understand, you could have permanent damage. You can have all sorts of things happen with that. Needless to say, um, you know, we didn't get to finish our, our episode because we spent most of it at the hospital. But um, we were trying something new out. And um, because we had been rather creative in our sexual escapades and we didn't know what this thing was going to do. And I'm glad that he tried it on him first, because if it was me, I don't know what would have done. I would have I don't know. I would have ripped it off or something. I don't know. Have you ever had pink eye and you just you want to just pull your eyeball out of the socket? I just I mean, I kind of. I kind of felt like that, you know, I just, it's, it's so irritating. You didn't know what the heck to do. So, but thankfully uh, this guy was uh, gracious and he was appreciative that I was there with him. And um, needless to say, since then, we just rely on, on pills <laughs> or whatever, if we need, if we need the, the, the enhancement, but, um, and he, he has a aversion to that whole thing now with the, uh, with um, Trimix and that kind of thing. So you got to learn how to do it. We did watch like YouTube videos while before we did it. And you were like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. And, but he stuck it in a vein, I guess, or something. And you're just not supposed to do that. And that's why it, it became so, so crazy. And we were so excited to see each other, but we spent most of it in the hospital, needless to say. So that's pretty much the story. So that's a, that's a, definitely could have been, have been better better <laughs> well there's story. I, it's a multi-layered story it is actually. multi-layered it's great but thank you for sharing that no, no, truly because there's a lot of layers by the way that's called priapism priapism is when the blood like if someone takes like viagra or cialis or like trimax would be a version right like in terms of i mean they're they're all kind of different meds with different things but when basically the blood won't go down from go the away. penis and yeah. it yeah and it can cause like tissue damage and stuff like that so to those listeners out there if you cannot get an erection to go down you do need to go to the doctor <laughs> please go to the doctor um and it's usually pretty it's pretty embarrassing for most folks uh, yeah. yeah there's a, a, a process i think that they use sound waves now and i've actually tried this where they actually take a wand and they you have to numb the area and they shock your your genitals with the, these waves and it's supposed to grow blood vessels and because the, i guess the erection is not just blood flowing in but it's staying in and these blood vessels that are inside the penis are supposed to keep the blood inside your penis and apparently with the sonogram or whatever it is that they use it said that um i didn't have a lot of blood vessels so they were shooting me with this thing and it was working for quite some time I mean, I don't know what's, uh, maybe I keep thinking that it's, it's more mental than anything. Cause I have been to the urologist and the urologist says, you, you, you seem to be fine. It's all in your head. And I said, well, I wish it was, <laughs> you know, but it, it just, um, it's, it's a psychological thing, I guess it is for me, but there have been times that I've been with somebody that I really like and it works just fine. So it's, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's temperamental. Like most people. What do you think of that doc? You think it's well, yeah, that's that's, you know, when we talk, we've talked many times on this uh, podcast around erectile dysfunction and issues with that. And like, you know, I think for most folks, you know, there's a lot of mind body connection stuff. And we've certainly talked about like 
you know, if people kind of get in their head about it, that can amp up anxiety. And as anxiety goes up, it actually really makes it physiologically much harder for the body to get an erection. But then you also have all of these like, I would say confounding variables that intersect like things like age, right? As people age, it's harder to get more reliable erections and for them to sustain as long as they want. So there's always, there's a lot of things that, you know, you know, it's such an individualized thing about what might be going on. But, you know, in terms of the story that you told, like, do you mind if I kind of circle back to the beginning? No, please go ahead. But before you do that, Doc, Uh let's take a break. It's the perfect time. See, we got to leave anticipation. You give me that half grin right now. Okay. You, like, and I know it. I can see it. You're like, he just wants to be involved more. And I'm just, I'm <laughs> telling you that this is the perfect time to take a break because it's. Let's take a break then. Okay. Because it's exciting. You're about to break it down. We're, you know, halfway through an episode. You don't episode. have to do the sales pitch, man. Well, we can just do the break. Like, it's good. All right, fine. <laughs> we'll be right back. back folks and the doc is going to break down sam's multi-layered story here i heard a lot of things that as a self-help guru i think i can definitely help with here um but i'm gonna let the doc speak first because she's got all the fancy degrees so (laughs) go for it doc well i just wanted to well i just wanted to understand more it sounds like so it sounds like a, the beginning of this story is really its own story of maybe some sexual difficulties with a partner brought on by a lot of just misunderstanding and kind of a real lack of information for you, Sam. Sure. Am I understanding that part? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, what you were saying is that this person had a your your former boyfriend, the one at the beginning of the story, he had a history of being sexually abused and and I, and I guess that that wasn't disclosed. Did I understand that part correctly? Exactly. Yeah. He never wanted to talk about it because it was, you know, it was embarrassing and, and shameful for him. Yeah. And, you know, and that stuff just like it's more kind of generalizable, you know, like I think it, it's such a hard sort of dynamic in terms of like when somebody feels a lot of shame because maybe they have a, had a history of being sexually abused or there's some kind of really difficult sexual events that they've experienced. And, you know, I know that that can be a really hard thing for people to talk to partners about, but, you know, uh, in your case, Sam, like it's also really hard for partners when people are like kind of operating in this void of information, right? Because sure. when people are in a void of information, they just start to create the story for themselves. And we talk about that a lot. Well, I, I kept telling him, why didn't you tell me this? Because we could have worked it out somehow. And here I kept thinking for, you know, 14 plus years that I was the cause of the reason that we weren't having sex anymore. So it gave me a huge um, negative um, feeling about myself. I I had no self-esteem. I, I, it was almost like I was purposefully making myself look bad because I didn't think anybody would be attracted to me. And Mm -hmm. I would avoid any kind of attention or anything like that because I didn't think it was real. And, um, you know, and then of course, it, what's so ironic is that the first person I end up meeting is this, is this porn star who is really, you know, quite attractive. And then, you know, then I got out of my funk. But I mean, that was the thing is that it really, it put a, it did a number on me. And at 15 years is a big chunk of time, especially in your, in the prime of your life, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, and it sounds like, I mean, thank you for sharing that story, by the way, because that, you know, that's kind of stuff is the stuff that happens, you know, that, and can happen where just, 
you know, it's it's just sort of a, a series of unfortunate events where someone has maybe just a really difficult or traumatic experience and then they're struggling with shame and then because they're struggling with shame, they don't talk about it and then it triggers shame in another person because they don't know what the hell's going on sure. and now they're feeling ashamed and it's just, it's so, it, I guess it, it, you know, I've seen often and just talk to people a lot about like how quickly that shame can spread, you know, in those kind of dynamics. Uh, and if I can, just to a, a comment on something else that you were talking about, Sam, like um, that piece where it sounds like he was able to be, once you opened your relationship up, that it w- uh, it was a, he was able to be sexual with other people in more casual or anonymous ways, but not able to connect with you. Yeah, I'm, well, I, you know, that's that's not an uncommon thing to happen when people maybe have histories of a lot of shame associated with sex where like, you know, pairing that vulnerability around sex with also emotional intimacy, just it's almost like an overload. It feels mm-hmm. like too much. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I would wonder like what that experience was like for you because I, I, mean, I would imagine that was pretty difficult. Yeah, it was it was pretty difficult. Of course, 15 years, 15 years is a very long time. And again, prime of your life, you were saying and all of these things that you're talking about, Doc, is all very helpful. But I want to get back to the porn star aspect of this story. <laughs> I just yeah, I mean, this feels like zero percent surprising to me, Jeremiah. I, 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 hang on a second. It was just like we like glazed over that part of the story. <laughs> Like, I've got some really know, great we, adventures. We, we but... got into talking about, like, you know, vulnerability and emotion. And, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. And that's all great. Difficult, I, heavy stuff. Exactly. Very yeah. difficult. And I, that's why you're here. And that's a great thing. I'm here because I want to talk about this porn star. Like, this is amazing. Like, what an amazing part of this story. And then he just came up to you in the gym and was like, hey, yeah. Like, I've had dreams about stuff like this. So I just want to say <laughs> kudos, Sam. I mean, if literally if one of my favorite porn stars came up to me and there are many and was like in the gym and she was like, hey, Jeremiah, like that's a badge of honor that I would wear. Like I would tell everybody, but let me tell you this one story. Like it'd be like one of the first five stories I led with getting to know people. What do you think? And that that in and of itself would suggest many things, Jeremiah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay, so anyway, the porn star, I just. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for sharing. And and thank you for sharing. I mean, you know, I just think it's amazing. So did, now, I, did I tell you that the porn star's name was Jeremiah James? You get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Although, <laughs> funny story. I was approached yeah. about oh. being a porn star. I think we did talk about it in an episode while I was doing a show. And he threw out some money. But then, you know, he was like, ah, oh, you know, if you, you know, want to. And it was to be uh, with men. And it was a very random thing. The guy was walking his dog and I was walking my dog and he just pulled me aside and he was like, hey, man, I just saw you in that show. You were really great. I was like, thanks so much. And he goes, hey, by the way, I cast people in things. And of course, my ears broke up. I'm like, really? <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, you know, I'm here scouting and uh, I do uh, porn videos for men. And I was like, oh, and he was like, you know, I'm going to listen to him, you know, I hear him out. I mean, if he's going to give me an offer, I want to, you know, at least hear him out to the end. And it's always a good story to tell. And then he says, you know, um, you know, you can make like four or five grand, like every episode, but you know, it's to be with men. But then I started, you know, I was like, you know, thanks so much. That's really nice of you. That's so kind that you would even offer, but it's not my thing. And I appreciate that. But then I got really insecure, Doc. So can we talk about this? Because I was then I was like, well, what about... I mean, is the amount of money, was that a bad amount of money? Should I have asked for more money? 
I, I mean, think she's confused. I guess, anyway, the yes. point like, is, like, I feel, I feel a little stymied. We we were just talking about this very uh, uh, wonderful story that Sam shared with us, and somehow it turned into a story about you being approached to be a porn star, and I just okay. I thought it was relevant. Clearly, I mean, it wasn't just, relevant. Guess, it is, okay. but I. Are you saying that you felt worried that you weren't being offered enough? Yeah, that- I just you know, I, I, okay, look, we'll deep dive into this later. Let's get back to the Sam, and yeah. because he was gracious enough to come here and tell a story, and then we'll talk more about me uh, and my offers. Okay, so continue on, Doc. You know, it's it's hard to know where to go from here, but <laughs> let's just get back to Sam. Sam, back to you. I do apologize for <laughs> That's Jeremiah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know him, so I'm presuming that none of this is surprising. Well, you can give me that guy's phone number later, Jeremiah, and I can <laughs> I can investigate. <laughs> um, I I do think that it would maybe be helpful, just very briefly. Can I ask you how the idea to like just kind of uh, experiment with the trimax, how that came about? Well, I mean. We, when you have sex with somebody repeatedly, you get to know somebody and you enjoy the sex and it becomes better and better. And we were thinking, why don't we like make it an all nighter and just like back and forth and flip, you know, each other and just have a really good time. And we thought if he injected first, then he could do the duty and then I would do it. And then we just go back and forth and just make it an all nighter kind of thing. And we didn't even get you know, we didn't even get to midnight because that's what he, he was the first one to shoot. And that's when it became an issue. And, and I don't mean to interrupt here. I'm just curious. Like, was this something like, was this like a black market job when you guys got this medication? Did you go to like a doctor? But like, listen, man, we want to party tonight. We want to rock it out. Like, how did it happen? That's what I'm a little confused and curious about. And of course, I'll give you that guy's number. He did give me his card. I kept it just for <laughs> posterity. You know, because we were in a different city, both of us, we were in a different city. He had been there for quite some time and he knew how to get it and he was able to get it. Now, whether it was a prescription, I don't know, but it looked like it was in a, you know, a a medical type, you know, bottle that you would, you know, draw from and that kind of thing. It wasn't like, you know, something like a mason jar or anything like that. It was an actual medical uh, thing that he had uh, had purchased or that he brought over. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would so uh, and so you two had just kind of like figured out like was it like dosing based on like YouTube video stuff or yes, like yes, we were yeah. watching the YouTube and then it said how to do it and you know where to put it and that kind of thing and the ten and twelve on a clock and you know just we kind of looked at it and we said okay this seems easy enough and of course yeah. when he shot himself it was I think in a vein because that's when the whole thing just went awry. And you're supposed to avoid, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of thing. And it, when it it just it got red all of a sudden, it it inflamed and it it freaked him out. And um, you know, I'm sure yeah. I would have been freaked out. Yeah. I would have definitely been freaked out. And I would also like to just put it out there here at the University of Pleasure: we are not condoning using YouTube videos to <laughs> inject yourself with penile enhancement drugs. Good for hanging a picture, maybe working on your car learning how to paint, <laughs> not so much uh, medical-infused videos. But YouTube is great. We're just not saying yeah, we endorse I would, that Yeah, I would aspect. probably say, yeah. So, like, the things that are, like, usually, like, vasodilators that people use to help with erectile functioning. So, like, I mean, this is obviously an injectable form, but, you know, there's Cialis and Viagra, right, and some of these medications. Sure. I really, 
um, and and this probably isn't as as pertinent to your story, right? Because it sounds like um, you and this person had a pretty good working sexual relationship. But I also think that some folks are like embarrassed to get those, right? Like embarrassed to talk to a doctor of about course, that yeah. because of maybe issues of erectile dysfunction. And so sometimes people will get stuff online. And I I really would probably not. I would recommend doing that through a medical provider, um, you know, and it might be an uncomfortable conversation or something that, you know, but, you know, as we've talked about here many times and is that many folks at some point, if you have a penis at some point in your lifespan, you're going to struggle with erectile dysfunction. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I think it's really important to like really normalize that experience because it is a common experience that people will have across the lifespan. And it might, ebb and flow in terms of severity and, you know, anxiety can play a role. But, you know, when you go to the doctor, like part of the thing usually that a medical doctor, ideally, I would hope is doing with people is like talking about how to use that and use that stuff in ways that would aid in the prevention of what would be called like priapism, where it's, it doesn't go down. Now, I don't know Trimex isn't one that I'm as familiar with just because I don't see that prescribed. Mm-hmm. Very well, just so you know, doctor, I, I do go to a urologist and he does prescribe it to me and he showed me how it's done in his office. It was very good uh, the way that he explained it because it was nothing like what I had seen on a YouTube video. So at least I know yes. how to do it now for myself. Yeah. And that's yeah. a great thing. And that then that's really all we were trying to get across here is that, uh, you know, maybe YouTube is not the place to get the instructional video on how to utilize Trimax. But it's great that you're using it. It is great that you are open to that and, and normalizing this because this is a thing that men do run into if you have a penis um, that you may run into erectile dysfunction. We've, we've, we've talked about this many, many times. It is nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed. And, and genuinely, Sam, thank you for being so open and talking about it because it should be normalized. It should not be a thing that people are ashamed of. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer. And one of the greatest things about doing this podcast is so much the doc has taught us about, like, you know, this is not, this thing's happens to so many people. But again, let's get back to the sex story here. Like, <laughs> we are talking about the sex story. Yeah, I, know, I want to get back to it. Because like, he it was talking like about like, what What? What I say? What? Are you dissatisfied? Is there a particular part of the sex story that you really want us to focus on? I don't know. I'm just talking about like, let's, let's, I, I, I'm interested in <laughs> the fact that they were going to pull an all-nighter. So like, how, you know, like I want to get a little bit input from the doctor. You know, how do we pull an all-nighter like that if we're, you know, Trimax, this, that, how could it, again, this is about could have been better doc analyzation. So how could it have been better other than not shooting a vein with Trimax? Well, first and foremost, thank you, Sam. Yes, I think with a doctor's guidance, if you're getting a prescription for a medication, then usually it'll be a more effective medication. If I may finish up, though, just really quickly, sometimes priapism just happens even if people use it appropriately, right? Like it is a possible side effect of any of those medications. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might just be a bad interaction with someone's, you know, biology, physiology at the time. Now, remember, disclaimer, I am not a medical doctor. So you want to always talk to your medical doctor about all of these things. (laughs) Um, But let's get back to Jeremiah's question about pulling a quote unquote all nighter. I don't Um, I think that maybe uh, we might have different definitions of what all nighter means. Like to me, like uh, I think that there are probably a lot of ways to I think it it would be a tough ask of the body 
right? To like be able to like maintain erectile functioning for many, many hours at a time. Like it would require you to probably overuse and maybe misuse or not as prescribed certain types of, you know, like, you know, you could use Viagra or Cialis or Trimex like appropriately as prescribed and maybe that allows like for erectile functioning. But I would probably more for like a quote unquote all nighter lean into like this idea that we always talk about in terms of sexual variety, right? Like, <laughs> cause you can keep being sexual even if nobody has an erection, right? Yeah, there are toys, toys. There are, yeah, there are toys, that there's, sexual buffet that we always talk about here. There's at mouths, the there's hands, there's all sorts of things that people can use. So I would probably lean more to the side of like, you know, uh, finding alternatives that maybe don't tax the body quite as much. So I mean, that, that was a story in which someone's body got quite taxed. Well, in... yes, but then the idea, too, was also including fisting and a couple of other exciting um, possibilities. So I don't know if that would be taxing on the body, too, I would think. Well, in a different <laughs> way, though, you know, because I mean, we're not talking about, you know, and, and that's what we always talk about is variety. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, with an erection, you can utilize toys. You could do things like fisting. You could do things like, uh, a, you know, uh, anal beads, all kinds of different things. Am I am I on the right track here, Doc? Yeah, I mean, yes, Jeremiah. And I and I think really it's it's really probably more about like, you know, I think that in terms of like that, that particular part of your story, like that's the sort the story of that night and kind of how things went down tonight, that night, like it, it really sounds like the, the real area of maybe, uh, I would say only, it sounds like the two of you have a lot of, had a lot of really in, are you, is this still someone that you're a sexual partner with? When I see him, yeah, he, he lives, yeah, yeah. he lives elsewhere. So, but yeah, whenever so I see him, like we get together. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the two of you have like pretty good sexual communication, a lot of really great sexual skills together. I think that the only thing that sounds like it could have been improved upon was the whole, you know, YouTube scandal of of maybe not exactly knowing how to use that. And it sounds like you've already resolved that by talking to your doctor and finding the way to use it. And so to to sort of Jeremiah's question, I guess, you know, for me, this is, I think could have been better is really more what could have maybe been better. is just the, uh, the, uh, the medical, <laughs> the medical feedback on medication. We kind of I took mean, it into our own hands and that's probably where it went awry because we didn't do it the proper way. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, there are so, I think that there are multiple stories within this story, right? Like, I think to me, if I go back, you know, to the other part of the story, um, the piece of that, that could have been a lot maybe better in terms of like how to build on that. And, and to be fair, like, uh, you know, that, that situation that you described is really such a tricky situation. I mean, I think that is, you know, we're always trying to work on becoming better sexual communicators, right? And talking more openly about our sexual experiences. And, you know, we did a whole episode, right, on what is it? You've got baggage. I've got baggage. We all got baggage. 100%. <laughs> right. And how those things really impact us and impact because, you know, I think to your point, like it's such a that sounds like such a bummer of a situation because 14 years is a really long time to yeah. be with a partner. And, you know, it, it's 
you know, I hear that and I think what a, what a sad loss of like a lot of time in which, you know, you maybe could have had some different experiences and understood what was happening differently. And it also makes me feel sad for your ex-boyfriend and that he felt the need to hide those things because if I'm assuming like shame or embarrassment or just complex feelings about his own abuse. And, you know, I think that those are really complex situations. And, you know, we've talked here a lot on like, this is part of why, sex education, you know, we need more cohesive sex education for folks because people can't know what they've never learned. How do people, how do people know how to communicate about these things if we don't give people the tool sets to do it? Well, what's wonderful is that my ex and I, we're still very close. And now that I've been having more sex to make up for the lost time, I'm meeting people who are actually, who like to communicate and like to talk and like to share things. So it's not so embarrassing or it's not such a, you know, uh, it, we, we both are in the same boat. So we're trying to figure that out together. And I think that that's very helpful. Absolutely. Well, communication is key. And we say that all the time at the University of Pleasure. It's, it is like the, I would say the most important thing is, what are you, what are you laughing? I, you know, I start saying something and you're not seeing, see, everybody's not here. So I they just, can't see. I try to interject a little bit of genuine feeling what? and she just starts giggling. What, what? I'm not, I'm not laughing. I was just reacting to, we say communication is key. I think that's a Jeremiah. I mean, I say communication is important. I think the phraseology of communication is key is very much a Jeremiah James. Wait a minute. I I don't know, Sam, you listen to this podcast. What do you think? I take the fifth. Oh, (laughs) I love that we cornered him in that way. This is like I, a, I I have to say I love my I love my buddy very very much so um I, I you have to understand him that's all <laughs> <laughs> what a good diplomatic response Sam well done well done you well I have to just thank you so much Sam for being here for telling your story and being so open about it and and truthfully hopefully that you have in in your new experiences with new partners been able to find ways to communicate and learn about communication because you know, uh, as what is the, what is your phraseology? How would you like to say communication I, is key? Yeah, I I didn't mean to make it a thing. I'm no, sorry. it's not a thing. I'm not insecure, but I don't care. I don't not whatever. It's fine. It doesn't matter. So I just want to thank Sam for being here today, for telling his story, being so open here at the University of Pleasure because we are all about learning. That's why we are a university. Like I say it all the time, I'm always learning and I'm so grateful for the doc and so grateful to have my buddy come in here and be so open with us. Right. And, 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 you know, Sam, I, I want to say thank you as well for sharing that because there's, there are a lot of layers to that story. And I think that when people talk more about those kind of experiences, it really makes it easier for other people to open up. You know, I know one of the things that I've talked about before on this is, we've talked about like there was an episode we did on maybe you should talk about to your friends about sex right because a lot of times when especially if like shame is involved people will keep things to themselves and then they feel really isolated and really alone with that experience and more often than not when they start talking to other folks about it people will be like I've had a similar experience or I can totally relate to that with ways a b c or d and I think it really starts just to help people better understand their own sexual struggles, uh, the sort of fallibility of sexuality in general and how complex all of this stuff really can be. And it helps get break people out of maybe some unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. So I, Sam, I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing that. And, uh, well, I thank you guys because I have to say, uh, 
I wouldn't have known about your podcast unless I knew my buddy was involved with it. And because of listening to it, I've learned quite a bit about being open and being communicative with with my partners and just sharing ideas that I've heard from you guys. So you guys get to take a lot of that credit. So I appreciate that. Oh, thanks, Sam. Thank you very much, Sam. We really appreciate it. I love and adore you. Thank you for coming on today. Doc, thank you so much, as per always. I love communicating with you because communication is key. (laughs) So... (laughs) Thank you, Jeremiah. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Well, I that is everything. You. What What was that? What? I said I appreciate you, Jeremiah. And all you bring. I look, I know you look so, you really struggle to take a compliment. I just, I get confused. It. I don't understand what's happening right now. You, <laughs> I'm just not used to all of the, the compliments here from you, Doc. So thank you for saying <laughs> that you're grateful for me. I'm grateful for you. We're all grateful for each other. And it's magical. Thank you to all of our listeners for coming here to the University of Pleasure. We hope this episode brought you a little bit of pleasure. And uh, we will be talking to you all next week, of course. So thank you, Doc. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.